Happy birthday, Holy Catholic Church. Today is indeed the birthday of the Church. As we've often commented, it's not Christmas, it's not Easter, but it's Pentecost. Pentecost indeed is the second great feast of the Church in order. Easter is always the first and greatest feast of the Church. Pentecost is the second and then Christmas comes third. And I know we have more celebrations at Christmas and we have a bit more celebrations at Easter and unfortunately we don't have any great celebrations often on Pentecost, but Pentecost is the second great feast of the Church because it's the, 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 that moment in which we celebrate the birth of the Church. And the Church is a great and a precious gift to us. And one of the things that we can do on this Pentecost day is rediscover and reappreciate this mystery which is the Church. I've often commented here how the Church has lived through these 2,000 years as empires have come and gone, civilizations have come and gone, languages have been founded and forgotten, um, and yet the Church is here. All of us gathered here around this altar today at this Mass and at the preceding Masses um, are a body, are, belong to a reality that we call the Church. And it's that church, it's that reality that was built today, that was born today. This is the moment in which you celebrate the, the gift of the church. So we see, as we always notice, we see that the apostles up until this moment are still inert. Up until this moment, they do not have the energy to go out and to pray, proclaim the gospel to the world. Instead, for the most part, they're in hiding. They lock themselves up in that upper room with the doors barred because they're afraid that what happened to Jesus might happen to them also. Right up until this day, Jesus has come, Jesus has ascended into heaven, Jesus has confirmed them in their faith, but they are not doing anything. They're not willing to risk on their, their relationship with Christ. It's the Holy Spirit that brings this about. It's the Holy Spirit that gives life. It's the Holy Spirit that gives holiness. The Holy Spirit sent by the Father and the Son when the Son returned to the Father is the one who enlivens the life of the church and turns the life of the church from being just one more social reality into truly being what we call in the Catholic tradition the mystical body of Christ. Because in the church there lives Christ. Christ is here, Christ is present, and Christ encounters the people of today through the life and the ministry of the church. You and I belong to the church. We were assumed into the church in our baptism. One of the great effects of our baptism is our coming to belong to Christ. And the church is nothing other than those in the world who belong to Christ. And that is where this mystery of the church comes from. We see on Pentecost that those doors of that upper room where the apostles liked to gather because it was safe and in the background and not on any of the main streets of Jerusalem, they found a safe place where they could gather and they could bar the doors and they could continue in some way to live the friendship that they had learned to live with Christ. But Jesus had told them to wait when he ascended into heaven, he said, do not leave Jerusalem. Wait, because I will send you another gift. I will send you the gift of the Holy Spirit. 
I will send you another paraclete, and he will remind you of everything that I have taught you. The Holy Spirit comes and those doors are thrown open and the apostles begin to preach the gospel. And they preach the gospel and a miracle happens on this day. And if you look at the way the reading is, um, is, uh, that was read to us was read, half of the reading is dedicated to this miracle because this miracle was indeed spectacular and remarkable because it was the time of Pentecost, the 50th day, as the Jews called it, which is what Pentecost means, because it was one of the great feasts of the people of Israel, Jerusalem was crowded with people who had come from many places and who spoke many languages. And as they listened to these apostles on the streets preaching to them, each one heard them in their own language. And this, this foreshadows and is a great sign of the fact that the message that came out of that room on that Pentecost day is a message that is destined to the furthest ends of the world. It's even though they are a few fishermen from uh, Israel who are speaking, the message that they bear is destined for the ends of the world. There is no people upon the face of the earth. There is no civilization upon the face of the earth that doesn't find its greatest fulfillment and it's the greatest answer to its deepest questions in the preaching of the gospel and the reception of membership and belonging to Christ and therefore to his church. The church is the bearer of holiness. And we know that that doesn't mean that everyone in the church is holy. We know that uh, in the social body of the church, there are many of us who betray. We all make a line outside the confessional there, do we not? precisely because we know we fail. And sometimes there are remarkable and terrible tragic failures like we've contemplated in the last years uh, that really break our hearts. But those things do not express the life of the church. What expresses the life of the church is the life of holiness. It is first and foremost the saints who illustrate and show the center line of the life of the church. If you want to know what it means to belong to the church. Look at the saints, because they mark the center line of the life of the church. And there are saints who are known. There are saints who are unknown. There may even be saints here among us. Please God that there are. But holiness is one of the first fruits of the work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit generates faith in the people of God. The Holy Spirit gives us the gift of faith in Christ and trust in Christ. It is through him that we come to truly have faith and trust in Christ. Why did those apostles lock the doors when they were inside before Pentecost? It was because their, their faith wasn't able to face the world. It wasn't able yet to engage with the world and propose this message to the world. They didn't, they weren't able yet to completely trust and rely on the Lord. You remember the storm in the boat when the apostles were in the boat and a big storm blew, blew up and Jesus was in the prow of the boat taking a nap when uh, this storm came on. And no matter how strong the storm came, he, never, he didn't wake up. He just was there blissfully sleeping in the prow of the boat and the storm was getting worse and worse. 
And the apostles began to be afraid that the boat would sink and they wake Jesus up. What does Jesus say to him? He says, why were you afraid? Why were you, why were you full of fear? Well, this is the gift that the Holy Spirit gives. Why are you full of fear? We need have no fear. Fear not, for I have overcome the world. The Lord has overcome the world. We need to live with him, for him, and in him. And we need to carry out and to continue to carry out the great commission that the Lord gave to his apostles as he ascended into heaven, that they should go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and bringing to them the announcement of the truth, bringing them the announcement of Jesus Christ, who is the truth in person and who bears with him all truth. One, another gift that the Holy Spirit gives to the church is doctrine, teaching, right teaching. It says in the very gospel we read today, the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of everything that I have told you. This is where the teaching or parody of the church comes from. It's not because they have a great team of theologians in the Vatican that the church is able to teach the truth. It's because the Holy Spirit guides the church and reminds the church continually of the wholeness of the truth. And that works from the micro level to the macro level. It works in your life and my life. As we listen to the Holy Spirit, we are reminded of the fullness of the truth. But it also happens at the macro level as the Holy Father guides the church on the course through history. He, the, the Holy Father is guided by the gift of the Holy Spirit, and the church is preserved from ever teaching falsehood and steering the people away from the love of Christ. To sustain the life of the church, the Holy Spirit fills the church with the gifts of the sacraments. And I don't know if you've ever noticed, but the Holy Spirit is always invoked. In every single sacrament, the Holy Spirit is invoked, especially in baptism. In baptism on Easter Sunday at the Vigil Mass, we call the Holy Spirit down upon the water in the font and we put the Paschal candle into that water, calling the Holy Spirit to dwell in that water. So from that fountain, given life through the Holy Spirit, the people who are baptized may receive that gift of life, that belonging to Christ, that membership in the church, that promise of eternal life, all of these things are given to us in our baptism by the power of the Holy Spirit. Also, when you go to confession, when the priest holds his hand up over you, he says, uh, he, he, he says that God has sent the Holy Spirit among the church for the forgiveness of sins. And then he invokes that life of the church uh, for uh, your absolution. So we receive that great gift also from the Holy Spirit and so it is in the Mass. Let your spirit come upon these gifts so that they may become for us the body and blood of Christ. It's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one who enlivens and gives life to the church. He is the one who continually generates the life of the church. I commented before that from generation to generation, the church lives even as empires come and go. Empires come and go because it's the passing of an ideal from person to person, and that ideal becomes weak, becomes confused, and gets forgotten, and slowly but surely, 
uh, it, um, it's lost and the civilization disappears. Think of the great Roman Empire um, as an example, right? The church is different. The church isn't generated by the passing on of the wise and true doctrines from generation to generation, even though that is indeed a vital service that the church provides. But that's not where the life of the church comes from. The life of the church comes from the Holy Spirit who came upon the apostles this day in that upper room uh, and makes and, and, and generates the church in every single age. So let us ask as we celebrate this Pentecost day that we may reappreciate this gift which is the church, that we may discover her richness again, that we may come to love her, to serve her, and to be faithful to her um, because she is our guide. She calls us in the name of Christ. As I said a moment ago, the church is the mystical body of Christ. And the church, as the mystical body of Christ, says the very same thing that Christ himself said, which is, come follow me. The great words of Jesus' mission are the same words of the mission of the church. The church says, come follow me. But who is that me that it, the church is calling us to follow? It's nothing other than Christ, because the church is his mystical body. So what Christ says to the what the church says to the world is the very same thing that Christ says to the world. And this, my friends, is the saving message of our Lord and Savior. So let us ask that we may treasure this life which is given to us by the power of the Holy Spirit. And concluding, we could remember that Blessed Mother Mary herself, Jesus, was conceived in her womb by the power of the Holy Spirit. Once again, we see this life-giving, generating power of the Holy Spirit, who is at the very origin of the incarnation um, and of the life of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It is by his power that he came. That's why we say, come Holy Spirit, come through Mary.